I just learned the best spell of all. What's that? Sleep. Hi, welcome to My Alchemical Bromance. I'm Matt Anthony. And I'm Eric Arneson. Today we're kind of doing, not really an impromptu, but we decided to just it's Eric's birthday, so we thought we'd go out and have some beers, maybe record a podcast while we're enjoying them. We're at uh, Wayfinder Brewing. Wayfinder, that's right. In uh, in southeast Portland, like yes. pretty close to the waterfront. It's brand new. They just opened at the beginning of October, um, and they have. Uh, we decided that we were going to stay here and record, even though there might be a lot of noise in the background because they have Twin Peaks references on the menu. Uh, and Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Oh, and they've got artwork on the wall. I took a picture of it, which maybe will be attached to the blog post that is attached to this recording. But if not, there's um, some alchemical artwork, some mushrooms. And there's the, yeah, there's that big um, classical diagram of the firmament that looks like it's in French with the, with the different spheres of influence and planetary spheres. Some there's a... <coughs> Uh, Prince from John Audubon's. Wait, what's his name? John? You know, Audubon, the bird dude. Yeah. Some herbals. Yeah. And I think some stuff from Athanasius Kircher. I think that that print all the way over on the left, it's been colored in, but I think it's originally an Athanasius Kircher print. So. And uh, some great Pacific octopus. Oh yeah. Also. Which um, are right by my house. Also eggs. Lots of eggs. eggs. Thanks. <laughs> it's kind of weird. We started off at a Commons Brewery. We were going to record there. A little too loud. So and crowded. Yeah, very Yeah. As any beer place on a Saturday would be. Yeah, yeah, it's true. How, uh, yeah, so hopefully, um, hopefully the background noise isn't too confusing. So, Matt, what's our topic going to be today? What are we talking about? Do you remember? I think I've actually... Oh, we're going to talk about ceremonial magic. Is yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, it seems to be like a gigantic topic. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it kind of fits in, you know, like what, like we were saying, or like I was saying last time, I think it's a good idea at the beginning of our podcast for everybody to get to know us by knowing what the hell we know, um, which is very little, but uh, entertainingly so, I, I hope. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, they see the people are going to be listening that are laughing along, like, oh, yeah, I kind of know what they're talking about. I know half of that, that too. Other people that are screaming, like, no, you idiot. <laughs> That's okay. I, uh, you know, I'm not super familiar with podcasts, but I have listened to, especially like Masonic podcasts where the speakers try to introduce occult topics and they, um, reading from Wikipedia entries, whatever they're doing, I, I sometimes yell at the podcast. I'm like, no. That's not what it is. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> but, but you know, I'm going to stay calm now, and I won't yell at you. Your answer. What, what is ceremonial magic? Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> psychodrama. It's a, psychodrama? a psychodrama. Like, and what do you mean? What do you... What's... I guess there's two ways, well, at least... As far as I know, there's two ways of looking at it. Um, everyone kind of understands. Well, maybe not. When we talk about ceremonial magic, we're talking about. Yeah, let's back up okay, to the yeah. beginning. Like, what yeah. is it? First of all, what does it smell like? <laughs> it smells. <laughs> it like feels very musky. Strongly of frankincense yes. and rotting yes. paper. Yes. <laughs> I guess like. Well, what pops in most people's heads when you say ceremonial magic? You're picturing people in robes, maybe. And, Oh. Waving wands and Funny chanting hats, lat- uh, lat- Latin or <laughs> pentagrams inscribed on the floor. Yeah, looking black mirrors and uh, big billows of black smoke coming from a censer with like little demons appearing in the in the mist and folk running. Yeah, mm-hmm. gazing into mirrors, taking heavy hallucinogens and and of course none of these things are things that we have actually done. No, <laughs> never. <laughs> I guess I mean it, it's it's ritual ritual done to achieve a certain end. I guess, was that a way to think of it? I think so. I mean, I think um, you're trying to combine 
a definition of magic with the definition of ceremonial magic. Um, I mean, magic itself is a pretty funny concept to describe because it's something that's changed a lot over over time. And I think a lot of times now people look at like uh, wasn't it Crowley's definition, which is uh, change in accordance with will. So that I think that if you look back further, you see magic as this like network of interconnectedness between everything you know magic is the way that like uh gold is solar or or that um you know uh quicksilver is related to the planet mercury which is tied to the star astrologically and also tied to like the influences of some old pagan god all of which are related to various uh psychological parts of the mind I mean they or you know like there's this there's this web of interconnectedness that that is seen to sort of exist between everything like sympathies um, and I think uh, in my uh, oops I totally just took over your, your, your I should be answering you asking me what ceremonial <laughs> magic is now but I think that um, you know the way I look at it is that ceremonial magic is a way of um of tying these sympathies into changes in our own consciousness or changes in the world around us, I suppose. Yeah. Um, because I think that ceremonial magic can be um, thaumaturgic, which is using divine influences to cause change in the mundane world, or it can be theurgic, which is causing changes in the uh, in the ideal world or in the astral world or whatever you want to call that other place you know black lodge yeah. <laughs> does that make sense no it does and that's also where you kind of get in, there's two ways of looking at what i was starting to say earlier i think and there may be another way of looking at it but i think most people view ceremonial magic one of two ways is that you're performing this very theatrical ritual mm -hmm. in order, like I said, to create some result or some end. But some people view it as when you perform these rituals that you're actually creating something real, or that you're, you're uh, how to say this? It's a very difficult thing to talk about without sounding like a complete yeah. job. That, like, oh no, when you do this ritual, you're really, you know, you're calling down some demon and they're going to go get a gold out of the sea for you or they're literally going to do this or you can look at it from a psychological aspect but no it's it's just a really intense exercise and intense focus uh, intense exercise and focused intent it's a way of bringing about change within oneself that you're not actually you know, summoning demons or, or uh, yeah and I, th I mean even that is like a different kind of topic because different magicians or occultists o over the years have looked at like even the concept of demons as different things and mm -hmm. I think a really common one now it, it seems to me like I, I don't know that I necessarily have my finger on the pulse of popular occultism at the moment but it seems to me that the shift so for a while like during most of the 20th century uh, demons were seen as psychological elements mm -hmm. right like when you call up these demons you're actually looking at some aspect of yourself yeah yeah but i think it's sort of shifting away from that again i i mean i'm not sure more towards the literal um or more towards the entity ish part of it um again you know that's the sort of thing where how would it not be an entity how would it not be an aspect of yourself i mean yeah. what isn't an aspect of yourself yeah. everything I, not to get too weird but it's probably too late for that <laughs> but everything that we experience and every every reaction we have to every experience is an aspect of ourselves so if it's a fearful demon that or a fearsome demon that like represents greed and avarice then you could totally be reacting fearfully to that portion of yourself and having this and then at the point, it doesn't even matter if the entity that you're reacting to is an external or an internal right. entity. I was going to say, for me, it doesn't, it honestly doesn't matter because the result is the same. It reminds me of, um, it reminds me of, 
I'm going to totally go back to rabbis again, but Rabbi Stone talking about free will. Uh, and he says, uh, it doesn't matter if free will exists or not. You have to act like it does. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe demons are the same way. Like, it doesn't matter if they exist or not. You have to act like they do. Huh. Does that also apply to the more wholesome of the... I mean, even if you want to say that anything that gets called up through this stuff is more wholesome, like... Uh, uh, what about, like, angels, angels or spirits yeah. or uh, intelligences of planets and things? Like, are they all aspects of ourselves? <clears throat> Honestly, I don't know. And perhaps <laughs> I'm playing with fire, but again, I go back to... I'm not sure that I... At the end of the day, I really care. Yeah. I mean, I would like... Who wouldn't want to know? Like, obviously, like, you would be great if someone set, could set you down and say, like, all right, for this entity really exists. Mm-hmm. Or no, it's all in your head. It's an aspect of yourself. I'd love to know that. But at the end of the day, the whole reason why I'm doing ceremonial magic is to achieve some end. Yeah. And as long as that end is achieved, how much does it really matter? Maybe I'm being naive. Well, so probably these days the most common ceremonial magical ritual is the lesser ritual of the pentagram. Mm -hmm. Um, And the end of the lesser ritual of the pentagram includes uh, an invocation of archangels where you call down the, you know, four archangels, each of which represents like a powerful elemental force into your personal space. Wait, is that invocation or evocation? I can never remember which one is which. But... Um, you basically call them into your space and you know almost anybody who learns ceremonial magic now does this are they all calling on the same creatures or entities or whatever the heck you want to call them are they just parts of ourselves that represent like these pure elemental forces or are they external symbols of those elemental forces that are you know drawn up in order to take command of the area around you or your ritual space or like what do they totems or I never feel like they're part of me no I never do either especially the more when you first start doing ceremonial magic you feel Mm -hmm. at least I did I felt really goofy oh it's so goofy especially being married I would go off to the back corner of the house to perform my ritual Mm -hmm. and I would do it hushed but the more I started doing it, the more I would actually start to project. Especially, yeah. you, know, you get really into it. And I forgot completely lost my train of thought with this about feeling. Are they, yeah, are they real? Like, are they, how do oh, you yeah, feel about them real. when they're at well, the first? more and the more you do it, you go from feeling goofy to you really get into it. You really start vibrating the names, and once you start doing that, you really get into it. Sometimes those, you, you feel, feel the presence. You of, feel the the elemental essence yeah, of them, even or absolutely. Uh, I mean, I remember at, at some point as I developed my own version of the lesser ritual of the pentagram and developed, like, the vision of the archangels, you know, they're scary. They're terrifying. Um, I remember the first time feel, I did the LBRP with, yeah. like, full force and actually uh-huh. got into it. My The hair on the back of my neck was rising. My skin was crawling. I thought, oh, my gosh, what have I just done? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's when the earthquake started in Oklahoma, huh? It yeah. wasn't fracking I'm at all. Sorry. I'm sorry, people in Oklahoma. <laughs> all right. So, oh, by the way, yes, I don't want to sidetrack you, but what are you drinking? Um, I was just about to ask you the same thing. Oh, I'd love to talk about my beer. So, Wayfinder, um, they haven't yet finished their brewing setup, so all of their beers are collaborations. So, the beer I'm drinking is a collaboration between. Wayfinder in 5440 out of Washuga, Washington, and it is called Nom Nom's IPA. <laughs> and uh, the uh, server said that it was named Nom Nom's because that was the noise that the beer made when they were pouring the hops, I think. Yeah. Nom 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 Nom. I mean, you poured a lot of hops in your life. I don't think I've ever. I mean, 
Would they have to be pellets? Do pellets make a nom nom noise or is it no. whole? No. It's just. I think. No. No, I've never heard them say nom nom. So, uh, alright, yeah, so anyhow, uh, this beer is totally unfiltered. Um, it says it has wheat, Definitely. which I believe. Yes. It looks weedy. It has a nice weedy. There's, I think there's a little bit of a wheat ish ester to it, but it's not overpowering. But the hops are beautiful. Like, crisp, a nice sort of flowery bitterness. Um, some, there are like citrus notes in the hops that are muted and like really, really well balanced with the malt and wheat in here. I really like this beer. It's better than I expected it to be. Nice. And it's got a lovely body. It's, it's totally right up my birthday alley. That sounds gross. <laughs> so what are you drinking? <laughs> I'm not drinking birthday alley. And I, um, I'm drinking uh, Woodshed. It's made uh-huh. by One Fighter, Wayfinder too. But I don't know if is, is pints. pints is that a brewery? That is a brewery. Where are they um, at? They do where they I believe they're a Portland brewery. Anyway, it's a really good smoked beer. Super well balanced because a lot of times smoked beers, you could go. You could have one pound too much of smoked malt in a beer, yeah, and it'll end up tasting like you're drinking iodine. But this is really, really well balanced, really well designed. So you were saying, would you describe it as a porter? You think, or is it more of a black IPA? Like I can see I that it's, it's a, dark, but it's, what is it's a rock. It's a, a like a dunkel. It's, yeah, it's like a, it's huh. a rock beer. It says smoked porter. Uh, I think that may be a way of trying to describe I'm it. I'm going to taste it. Here, you can taste mine, and we'll see how wrong each of us is. This is definitely a porter, but I mean, do you smell the coffee on the nose? It smells like smoked coffee. That is delicious. I stuck my nose in there and I was like, oh, that's coffee that's been slightly burnt. Like, you know, um... So I'm getting way more, I don't want to get any coffee. I just get smoke, yeah. Oh. My nose may be off the it, it could be. I tried this tomorrow. I drowned my... Uh, I had a banh mi sandwich for lunch. Oh. I drowned it in sriracha. So oh, so maybe, maybe the, you can't smell anything now. Well, try and, like, tomorrow morning, you know, uh, when you wake up in your hotel room and you have that little, like, four cup... Do we want more beer? Good, yeah. Um, uh, there's two we haven't tried. Uh, the Bon Voyage and the New Kids. You want to just... Surprise us with which gets which. Yeah. All right. Cool. I'll bring one for, and you guys can have one. Awesome. What's the uh, new kids? It's a uh, uh, a pale ale. Four kids from Boston (laughs) in a boy band. (laughs) Uh, So anyhow, what I was gonna say is tomorrow, uh, when you wake up in your hotel room and you have that little that crappy little hotel room coffee maker, you know you're gonna fill the whole thing up. You're gonna make as much coffee as possible. Smell the second cup that you have. Leave the burner, leave the hot plate on, because it burns coffee a little bit, and it and the smell is very much like that. Not bad, just different. Huh. You know. <laughs> I think we probably do need to pause for a moment. I do not doubt but the title of our book, of occult philosophy, or of magic, may by the rarity of it allure many to read it, amongst which some of a crazy judgment and some that are perverse will come to hear what I can say, who by their rash ignorance may take the name of magic in the worst sense, and those scarce having seen the title, cry out that I teach forbidden arts, sow the seed of heresies, offend pious ears, and scandalize excellent wits, that I am a sorcerer and superstitious and devilish, who indeed am a magician, to whom I answer, that a magician doth not amongst learned men signify a sorcerer or one that is superstitious or devilish, but a wise man, a priest, a prophet. Heinrich Cornelius Agrippa to the reader of his famous work, The Three Books of Occult Philosophy. And we're back. Okay, so um, was that a word from our sponsors? Do we have those yet? Are we going to have sponsors? Yeah, I'm sure we've got tons of sponsors from like <laughs> from all over the world. You know, like I'm sure Google's chomping at the bit to sponsor us. Yeah. They've been like, we are the best at getting sponsors. <laughs> okay, all right. So um, I want I have I have some ceremonial magic questions to ask you. Is Wicca ceremonial magic? 
honestly know very little about Wicca other than Gerald Butler GB what was his name? Gardner? Gardner. <laughs> Something <laughs> I, yeah, I know nothing about Wicca. Too bad I don't I really don't. Hmm. Other than I know it's gonna make some people angry that it's a relatively new not that it is really new. I mean I don't think anybody actually disputes that. Yeah, but I don't think I I'm not gonna be one of those people that says uh, antiquity gives something more legitimacy. Oh, I think we totally got that out of the way last episode when we talked about how young Kabbalah is compared yeah. to people are like, it goes back to the beginning of time or like the beginning of the eleventh century <laughs> or twelfth or whatever. Um yeah, so I mean, we know that Wicca is a 20th century invention, and that there might be like older witchcraft type traditions that exist, but like the stuff that everybody can get their hands on that we know as Wicca is definitely newer. I guess I'm sort of thinking that. Um, so, so there are some things that Wicca has in common. You know, Wicca is involved in causing change in conformance with will. Which isn't surprising since it descended from um, some about Alistair Crowley's teachings. Um, but I don't think it has like the network of sympathies that we were taught that I was mentioning before. You know how in ceremonial magic there's there's the there's this thick symbolism that ties uh, everything together in this tradition that actually does go back to antiquity in in the West anyhow, where you know like Mars is always associated with certain things uh, various astrological signs are always associated with certain things and these go these go way back um, and I believe that that is I mean I I might just be making this up right now I don't know if that's actually something that uh, is separate but I think another thing that sets ceremony magic apart is that it's kind of It's kind of a descendant of natural philosophy the same way science is, you know, where there was a point at which magic and science were the same thing. Um, and I'm not sure, I think that the lines between like ceremonial magic and stuff like um, alchemy get a little fuzzy. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask, like, what... My understanding of the knowledge of ceremonial magic is fairly limited. When I think of ceremonial magic, I think of two things. I think of the Golden Dawn, uh-huh. and then before that, I think of uh, Elvis Levy. Or... No, no, no. Before that, uh, uh, Scotland Yard. Oh my gosh, why am I drawing a blank on his Jack name? the Ripper? No, 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 no. Uh, like the founder of Scotland. Uh, oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't know who's the founder of Scotland Yard. Oh, not, not the founder of Scotland. Oh. I'm going to sound like a complete idiot. I'm drawing a complete blank, and at any other time, it's instantly give me, springing give in my mouth. Give me some description. John D. John, John D. D. Not oh, my gosh. You mean the first spy. Yes. Yes. Uh, right, right. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that. So, Enochian. Yeah, Enochian. That yeah. would be sort of a magic, but I guess... But what... I, what I think before that... So, well, I think before that, you have Agrippa. Okay. Um, and even going back further, you've got, like, the... Uh, the uh, Greco-Egyptian magical papyri. You know, I think that ceremonial magic is super old, and I think that you can see, and I, I think, I mean, not that it's necessarily continuous tradition, but I think that you can see elements of it in um, in Catholic Mass, for instance. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and that's ancient. Like, Catholic Mass, we know that's ancient. Define ancient. Uh, it goes back to antiquity. It does. Like, we know yeah. Catholic Mass goes back, like, 2,000 years. Yeah. That's it. That's pretty old. That's way older than me. That's still pretty. And it's my birthday. New. Yes, it is. But like the the Greek, um, the Greco Egyptian magical papyri, for instance, those go back. I don't know the exact time, but probably three or four hundred years before then. And then even before that, you know, we've got like Egyptian temple ceremonies, and we've got like magical formula um, from lots of ancient civilizations so i mean part of magic is uh you know the 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 really old part like is is really tied into like the beginnings of human religion so you can also trace it back to it's another form of animism could you say like like uh, Hmm. native native american traditions um, yeah i think that there i think that you could um, not just american but yeah animism is animism 
was and probably still is everywhere in some sense. I, I think that that probably, and in that case, I would say, I would say that the the important part then is like finding out <laughs> what's the difference between magic and ceremonial magic. Does it get back into theatrics? Possibly, in which case I'd say Wicked totally counts. Yeah. Because that's theatrical. Yeah. You know, they do like their candle magic and their, their drawing down the moon stuff and their naked full moon voodoo dancing. I'm making stuff up now, but I hope that happens. <laughs> <laughs> but not to be too West-centric, like, what are, do you know of any examples within the East or within Africa or... I do, but maybe we might want to pause. Okay. Because, um... So we're going to pause right now and take a break and relocate to a new brewery um, for reasons we'll explain later. Oh yeah, well, and what are we going to talk about? Uh, oh, we're go- I'm not that we're going to be able to listen to it, but uh, non-Western-centric examples of ceremonial mail. Ceremonial oh, yeah. Magic. Okay. Yet this one rule I advise you to observe, that you communicate vulgar secrets to vulgar friends but hire and secret to hire and secret friends only. Give hay to an ox, sugar to a parrot only. Understand my meaning, lest you be trod under the oxen's feet, as oftentimes it falls out. Johannes Trithemius in a letter to Heinrich Cornelius Agrippa. Uh, we are back. We relocated to Grixen Brewing in uh, southeast Portland, down off of Division and 10th. Um, wait, they said, I think, that they opened... I totally forgot that part. I forgot, too. But they're pretty new. It looks like maybe a seven-barrel brewery. All the beer is theirs. Uh, we both got sampler trays, so we will tell you about our beer as we discuss. Uh, Did you take a picture of... I took a picture of the menu, so we, we, we know what we're drinking. Um, but right now we're sitting out in a, they're kind of, it's more their brew space than the tap room area. There's it's a like beer garage. Beer garage. With a nice view of the sunset. Looking out into West Portland across the river. Why don't you repeat your question while I look up the beers? Okay, so at the last brewery at Ask Eric, um, so we're familiar with some of the Western schools of ceremonial, ceremonial magic, like uh, Golden Dawn and John D., who I can't believe I forgot his name. And so, but I wanted to ask, like, what are some examples of ceremonial magic outside of the West, which would obviously predate the West, you know, in the East, within First Nations peoples, in Africa? Uh, I want to know if he knew of any examples. Okay, and I do know of one uh, that I'd like to discuss because it's a very cool one, but first we're going to drink this Belgian Blonde. That's not done. No. That tastes like that tastes like waffles with too much syrup. Some, some issues with the... Well, I, w- I shouldn't say issues. It's not the temperature I would have permitted this at. It's it's not infected. Uh, the pitch is healthy. It's just a question of what temperature you feel more comfortable fermenting at. <coughs> I have a feeling this is fermented at a lower temperature than I would have, but that doesn't make it wrong. It's just it's not what I would go for. You're way kinder than I am. I feel like it did not finish fermenting, and it's... Um, it's not highly attenuated. It's very sweet. Yeah. Not going to finish that probably. Okay, so the the one version or the one um, system of uh, something that re- resembles ceremonial magic that I'd like to talk about from the from the east is um, Dzogchen Buddhism. So this is a this is an esoteric school of Buddhism. Um, I'm not entirely certain how old it is, and in fact, I I'm not super uh, awesomely familiar with it. Like I I just know about it from. Uh, a brief amount of exposure that I've had from, I guess I kind of got initiated into it, but but one of the things that really struck me about it is, uh, so, you know, I mentioned earlier in the podcast at the last brewery about the difference between thaumaturgy and theurgy. So thaumaturgy is this concept of 
using magic as almost like a system of enlightenment or using magic as a way to improve the self where magic isn't uh, magic isn't to produce like external changes in the world but instead to cause changes in your own microcosm uh, in the spiritual sense in order to like align you with the align you with the macrocosm or align you with sort of the like goals of deity or creation or, or the universe or whatever the heck you think might possibly be out there you know shoggoths <laughs> um and uh and a lot of this has to do with um really potent visualization work so when you study uh, western ceremonial magic you learn visualization techniques you know when we were talking about you know summoning and invoking archangels it's not like they literally show up in our ritual space but instead we form um, visual or imaginal images of them in our minds that are so strong that it feels like they show up right right but but the more you practice the more real those forms become at least in my experience well but i would question what you mean by real right uh and this is something that um you actually say like your brain does a better job of filling in yeah but i also think this is one of those things that occultists are never super honest and open about you know i mean our ability to well here's one example of we're gonna lay it out and be honest uh i started doing this was 2012 i've always had this affinity for the golden dawn which i can't really explain uh-huh. and so living in oklahoma at the time i mean probably even now I don't know any Golden Dawn temples. And so, like, I, what am I going to do? This is something I feel drawn to. So the only thing I thought to do was um, the self-initiation of the Golden Dawn by Chicken Tapas. Oh, the Green Book. Yeah. Yeah. So I bought that. And me and a couple of brothers decided we're going to work from this. I don't really know if, if they actually... We decided we were going to start on a certain date. Within the book, there's, there's three months of preparatory work that you have to do involving these visualization and meditations before you take your first grade and we agreed we're going to take it because it's better to do it in a group like I said I don't know if they did or not anyway so I start off doing these visualizations these meditations each night and I felt like I was a complete phony I'd have to sit there and try to imagine these things and visualize these things and I just they just weren't there but a month and a half in it became so intense and so real. There were moments where I would step outside of, my, like, my eyes were closed, uh-huh. but I could see the entire room with my eyelids closed. I could see this god form in front of me. I could step outside of my body and walk around my body and look at this god form and observe it, and then observing me. And there were other things that happened. Like the more you did it, the more real it became. So yeah, okay, okay, that. I suppose it... I mean, I know what you're saying. Um, I suppose the important part of that is that it's, like, one of those experiences that uh, you don't understand until you go through it. Um, But I just feel like a lot of times when occultists are talking about this stuff, they talk about it, like, the realness. Like, when you talk to a non-occultist, concept of, of reality or realness is so mired in the physical and the malkut of everything and then in the kingdom part of the of the tree of life that that they don't have a sense of reality in the mental world right right so a good comparison would be well it's only a good comparison if you've taken a powerful psychedelic and that yeah every which neither of us have ever done no but hypothetically <laughs> every cultural example of a psychedelic experience a psychedelic trip is nothing hypothetically anywhere close to what you actually experience and see because what you experience and see in that realm is truly ineffable you there's there there are no words that truly convey what you're seeing even though it is as real as eric is in front of me right now wait where are we again (laughs) the matrix Oh yeah, hold on. Beer number two. What this was beer is number a, two? This is a hopped saison. Okay, what, what do you think? You already S- similar, similar thing. I think that 
there's so, something. I think all these were probably fermented in like 70, 72, was I would do these up around 84, 86. Actually, really? this beer I'd probably do closer to 90. This one has a, you know, the hops help a lot. As usual, hops, hops can cover up a lot of problems. It's not bad. I would, I would drink this bad. one. No, it's good. I just and I, 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 don't, I want my saisons to be funky. I want them to be a little screwed up. I but I just, I want them fermented hot. I want them to be yeah. highly attenuated. I want them to be very spicy, very yeah. And this one is lacking those those things. I really like this garage though, so it's I'm nice. okay with these beers. And the peak of the sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're experiencing the. Uh, Which when you live in the Pacific Northwest, you really find out the sun is like. Uh, it's like a deadbeat dad. He shows up on the occasional birthday or baseball game, and you just want to ask, like, hey, like, hey, it's cool to see you, but don't you need to get back to your new family in Arizona? Well, I completely ripped this off from a Portland comedian, Gabe Dinger, so forgive me. Well, I always think of, uh, you know, this is, how, this is how my ancestors saw the sun, constantly being chased away by sky wolves. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so back to Dzogchen. Uh, uh, one of the things that amazed me about Dzogchen when I when I um, started learning the, the just the introductory practices, right? Like I I only learned um, a couple of their rituals, but they were so golden dawnish in the intensity of the visualization. Like they were very visualization um, based. Lots of like chanting and repeating mantras and things you'd have to do a certain number of times that they would totally gloss over uh, visualiz visualizations of incredible complexity involving now I'm not a Buddhist and I forget all the terminology so forgive me Buddhists out there for not remembering how to name all this stuff but like uh, <clears throat> things that are sort of akin to our demons uh, and saints um, just like innumerable innumerable visual visualizations like more than you can more than you can just make up, just uh, piled on top of each other. Um, but the structure of it and the purpose of it reminded me so much of Western ceremonial magic that I I couldn't help but see the similarity. Like they were they were almost the same thing. So what do you think? This is kind of a tangent, but what do you think the purpose of? Because this seems to be a common theme within ceremonial magic is the practice of visualization. What do you think the goal of, of, of practicing visualization is? This is something that I have a lot of thoughts about, and I think that ultimately um, it would be a good subject for an entire podcast episode. But I believe that our power of visualization as, uh, as human beings with brains that can do that is akin to the divine power of creation. I agree completely, because my personal thought is that it goes back to the whole idea of focused intent. Like, mm. The more you fresh hop saison. Fresh hop saison. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no. you. I mean, I absolutely did mean to interrupt you because I just did it. Yeah. But my apologies for interrupting you. Yeah. Better. Yeah, a lot better. Yeah, yeah, quite yeah. a bit better. That's that's yeah. a very, very refreshing, super drinkable beer. And I don't know that I can necessarily tell that it's fresh hop. It's got... Uh, it's got a beautiful hop character. Very hop forward, but it's still yeah. It still definitely stays on. Yeah, yeah. This is awesome. Try this one. Okay, keep going. I, I. Uh, no, it's just uh, the more you're able to visualize things the, and create these forms in your mind, the it somehow translates into the outer world. That like, if you really want something and you focus on it and you can see it completely. It somehow manifests itself in the exterior world. Yeah, and that's well, not always. I, no, I think that's that's a dangerous way of thinking, right? I think that's. I don't mean um, it in like a woo-woo. Well, everything we say is woo-woo at the end of the day. Yeah, but but, but the stuff you're talking about is like yeah. law of attraction style, I don't, yeah, I like don't, from the secret. No, and and that's thaumaturgy, right? Like that's right. the idea that you can that that everything you do. The is, secret is hermeticism for dummies. It's worse than that. It's the Kabbalion for dummies, and the Kabbalion is... And I don't mean it in a literal sense, like, oh, I picture myself holding bags of money and a winning lottery ticket. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, the more you can visualize something, the more it becomes real to you, the more you're driven to make it happen. 
and the more you become attracted to the things that make it happen, but not the... Uh, I hate using the no, word attracted. you're doing it. I'm you're falling doing in the it. trap. You're doing it. I don't know how to say it. Uh, it you, it's, you, you can't. There, there's no way to explain it to... Um, there's no way to explain it out loud without sounding... There's not. But the, really, the reality is, this stuff works. I honestly credit my having started a brewery in Oklahoma to ceremonial magic. Actually, more chaos magic and sigil magic. All right, that's hold a whole story. On, this beer is absolutely called I, Holy Shit, an IPA. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I'm still on the season. You gotta well, slow your roll. You gotta finish. I'm not gonna finish these two. These things are. But but that one was good. I'll finish that one. But All right. Okay. Eric Chopin. I just wanted. Yes, I'm jumping ahead because. So I want to say like, I, having that focus at ten and practicing some form of magic I for me has personally worked but at the same time it's worked so well that I've learned some very hard lessons mm-hmm. so I don't want to say it in like a woo woo again I'm falling back into that it's hard to do you know I mean, because it, it does work but, you, it, but it's not in a like I said it's not a I, I'm holding the lot of winning lottery ticket or I'm kissing my the person that I want to love most like secret kind of way but it's the visualization and the magic does it does work work. there's always a caveat there's always a I guess um, yeah I mean you know like uh, even with my moving to the northwest right right so I credit greatly to your life has gone more smoothly than mine over the last 10 years Hey, you got to the hey. Pacific Northwest, you opened a brewery, you did all sorts of cool stuff. But there was a lot of you stuff have, that like, happened between. You have perhaps one of the coolest wives in the world. Yes. Um, so, I mean, like, something you're doing makes these things work a little bit more smoothly for you. So, I mean, I know you run into road bumps and things, but, like, you get things you want. <clears throat> um, but as a ceremonial magician, I would say, is this because... Is this music going to be too loud? Forgive us for whatever the music is. We might be, like, breaking copyright laws right now, but don't tell anybody. Yeah. Um, no, but, I mean, is this uh, is this because uh, you have a powerful affinity with Jupiter, for instance? Could be. Have you looked? I have not. Maybe that's something to explore. I'd, I don't know. Honestly, well, great. I mean, Jupiter, Jupiter brings you fortune in things that involve, like, financial... I mean, fortune in general, but also, like, especially, like... Well, it's not even financial. For me, it's every time I've... I've since the brewery, everything uh-huh. that I've wanted, I've either done some form of sigil, ceremonial, or sex magic, or some combination of the three. Uh-huh. And it's always paid off. Granted, each time I've done it, I've gotten exactly what I wanted... But the trade-off is, I got exactly what I wanted, and there's baggage that comes with it that I didn't think through. So each time I've done it, I've I've learned to be to not compromise because you get into this thing of like when you want something and you're going to ask for it in a ritual, you think, oh, well, I should lessen what it is that I actually want or make some deals, thinking like, oh, the universe will be more likely to give this to me if I if I bargain with it instead of being clear and your true intent of what you actually actually want and that I found that's bitten me the times I've done that instead of being truly honest with what I really want I make these deals but each time I've done it and I get what I want and I get burned a little bit I've learned no be true to what you really want don't dick around really say what you want and you get a little closer there's always still some gotcha Okay. But yeah, that's you totally. I. Yeah, I mean, whatever it is, it works, right? I, yeah. I will say that whatever Matt's doing, it, it works. But uh, it sounds woo woo when you explain it. I got it. Yeah, we sound batshit crazy without question. Uh, I'm used to sounding batshit crazy, but I'm just glad that you're here to sound batshit crazier than I. Bat shitter crazy? Shittier. No, not shitty here. Batter, batter shit crazy. <laughs> Which we have not been more drinking. The bat or the shit. 
Uh, okay, after, did you try holy shit in IPA? You're just trying that now. I'm indifferent to it. I don't, I'm back to being meh. Okay, okay. I like the Saison a little better. Well, I'm, you know, I mean, the Saison, I really am enjoying it. I'm gonna switch next to... You haven't even touched the others. Well, yeah, I touched them with my tongue. They went into my birthday hole, and Complete I was them, like, sir. Complete them. <laughs> not going to. I'm not going to. I... Just You've got a long night ahead of you. Yes, well, actually, we yeah, both yeah. have a long just night ahead of us. Just because beer exists doesn't mean it must be consumed. Sometimes beer must be returned into the elements. And on that note, I need to return my beer to the urinal element. I'll we'll be back in a second. <laughs> All right. Okay, this just in. Breaking alert. This is very important. We did not drink Holy Shit in IPA. That is not uh, present in our beer selection. Instead, that's the brown ale. Wait, does that I, does that change your opinion of it? I think it's going to change my opinion of it. Yeah, actually, that's a brown ale, but it tastes a little boozy now. Tastes a little thin. Yeah, Fair boozy, brown? thin. I, I don't know, it's Newcastle-ish. It's a little thin for me. When I think of browns, like my go-to brown is a Sam Smith's Nut Brown. Uh, mine is mine is Newcastle. See, Newcastle is like drinking iced tea. Yeah, but I've got like strong uh, Newcastle memories. I, I love Newcastle. I get that. Um, you know, on the North Sea with pirates drinking Newcastle out of a 32 ounce can. Sam Smith's Nut Brown was before Newcastle, though. Howling at the Scottish. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, well, so we probably attacked them too. 87? I mean, we didn't because I'm only 41. Today. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is the brown ale. Which I'm still, I, I like it actually. Now that I know it's a brown ale, I, I still think the saison, yeah, the hoppy saison, was that, still the fresh hop. Yeah. Okay. Next. Oh, though, oh my gosh! Yeah. I see. I I'm on the spectrum, and so I wait, have what to. What do you mean spectrum? Oh, like the, the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have to. I have to drink in order, and I have to complete before I move on. What? The, that is messed up, though. Even though I don't want to drink them. Why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? Hey, take control. Use use your um, secret powers. Let's contact Barley the Witch Dog. <laughs> uh, okay, so next is uh, the Scotch Ale. Um, so I'm not... It's dark. It smells nice. It smells very chocolatey for a start. That is... That is... I don't know. It's like the brown ale. It's uh, it's a little bit more bitter, like some chocolate bitterness in the. I don't know that I, I would ever call that Scotch ale. I wouldn't either. This is more what a brown ale. No, no, this isn't what a brown ale is like at all. Browns and reds are like super closely related, right? So like a red ale is a brown of hops. In Flanders, maybe. <laughs> We're not in Flanders anymore, Toto. <laughs> um, no, but this is... Uh, I like this beer a lot, but I would not call it a Scotch Ale. It's more like a, a porter. Did we... I thought they told us that... No, the, the last one's the... the we last have one's regular or Imperial. Yeah, so we only got one of the stouts. Um, so this can't... This must be the Scotch Ale. Oddly, it, I, I, I feel like maybe there's a screw-up then. No. Okay. I think it's probably just... And now I'm going for the Imperial Stout. I'm making Matt go against oh his nature now. Oh my gosh. Now. I want to burn down the he's building. He's starting to shake. <laughs> Alright. You can hear the clink of his glasses, probably. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, that's nice. That's really nice. That is like... Stout booze syrup. Yes, that is nice. That's, that's, that's a very good Imperial style. Yeah. Like oh, and here that. comes the train. Should we pause? Because we didn't have enough noise, so we're going to take a break. Yeah, we're adding a... Okay, bye. Alright, we're back. We're back with another stunning revelation. It's your turn, Matt. Come on, stunning revelation. Um, the sun is out. That's pretty stunning this time of year. It's not really. It was. Yeah. Earlier. Yeah. Kind of. Okay, no stunning revelation this time, but, um, all right, so we were talking about non-European, non-Western, uh, oh, yeah. system of ceremonial magic. 22 minutes ago. 
22 minutes ago. Uh, no, I talked about Zhang Shen for a little while, then we got into talking about the importance well, no, of the... Well, no, like, so another example, like, one example I'll bring up, uh-huh. um, the only example I know of would be within First Nations tribes... Uh, especially Plains tribes here in the U.S. And I'm completely ignorant of that stuff, so fill us in. Well, I, I can't fill in much. One, my... Uh, so, while I am, I do have German and Irish ancestry, I also have, do have a little bit of uh, First Nations uh, ancestry within me. But uh, my family was removed from the, the roles, the tribe, uh, 90 some odd years ago for a dispute that happened legally. Anyway, see you here or there. But um, I worked for uh, the Cheyenne, Cheyenne and Arapaho tribes in Oklahoma before I moved up here. And uh, I know that they have their their uh, Sundance ceremony and several other ceremonies, which are definitely forms of ceremonial magic. I don't know, like... I'm, think, I'm sure they're within Africa yeah. and South America and other parts of the world. There are other examples. I just don't want to... Do you think so? Are those forms of ceremonial magic similar to how mass is a form of ceremonial magic? Or is it more like Wicca? How are they different? Are they not all... I don't know. I'm, I, I, don't, I don't see any delineation between all of them. Yeah, uh, it's 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 all ceremony and psychopomp just for. I almost feel like there has to be there has to be a delineation. I, I believe that uh, because otherwise we're just talking about like all ritual being ceremonial magic, and I don't think all ritual is ceremonial magic. So I, think, I almost kind of want to rewind a little bit and say well, maybe you maybe, have to work yourself up into an altered state to, for it to be ceremonial. I not altered in a drug sense, maybe but... Maybe not an altered state, but I think that the imaginal element that we were just talking about, I think that's important. Yeah. I think that without that imaginal element, I think it ceases to be ceremonial magic. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, because even going back to Catholicism, like yeah. the creation of the host, that's that pretty... That priest is probably doing some imagination yeah, work. Yeah, to imagine that But the rest, of the, the rest of the congregation is not. Yeah, because you're looking at a box and you're imagining when I open this box, this is going to be the actual blood and body of Christ. Super gross. I did not say that. <laughs> that was somebody else. <laughs> it's my birthday. So, yeah, that priest himself is performing ceremonial magic, but the participants, or the observers, are not. not. Right, yeah. right. So then we're saying that you can do ceremonial magic with an audience. So you can have an audience... But the audience doesn't not, necessarily... They're not necessarily participating, they're observing. They're observing... Um, so they might not, not even know what the imaginal elements are. So you can do ceremonial magic as ritual... But not all ritual is ceremonial magic, right? So, for instance, like... What about, uh, like, a Gnostic Mass? Because that would be mostly observed. You're not really participating, other than standing up and... Uh, I don't know. I've only been to one Gnostic Mass. You're talking about the OTO? Yeah. Or the ECG, or whatever they call them. Ecclesiastica, Gnostica, EGC. Um, I have only been to one of those, and I wasn't properly briefed so I don't really know how those work. Um, but Masonic Ritual is a good example where... I think without question, Masonic Ritual is ceremonial, ceremonial magic. magic. Absolutely. I think that is completely lost. 100% lost. You guys sound weird. Beer-fueled. Masonic Ritual is 100% lost. The fact that it's ceremonial magic is 100% lost on 90% of the crowd. Oh, 99 percent. Yeah, probably. Um, and especially fact, within some of the TO lodges, especially my lodge. Yeah, Veritas. Some of our practices. Do they not practice it as ceremonial magic? I think some of us are aware that it it is ceremonial magic, but I don't. I'm not sure that everyone is completely aware. Oh. Because opening itself. We were distracted by a, a cat walking by. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's um, it's actually something that I kind of consider a Masonic secret. So I don't want yeah, to talk wanna, a yeah. whole lot about yeah. it. But uh, but yeah, I do think that most lodges have lost it. Yeah, 
And if you're there's lodged, a reason why it's called ritual. Yes, yes. And I think that is lost mm-hmm. on most people. I gotta drink faster. Do you want to have these two here? Are you interested in having these? I'd rather have those two than these two. What do you want to trade? You really like these two better than those two? I do. Okay, just for everybody's edification out there in the audience, um, he's trading me the brown Brown and and scotch for the crappy, poorly attenuated early beers that we tried at the beginning of. To be fair, my my tolerance is not what it was. That's cool too. Uh, Cheers. Cheers. Um, Okay, so then. I wish we knew of some examples within. Africa, like. Well, I'm sure there are, there are plenty, but. I, well, we do know we do know um, descendants of African uh, ceremonial magic. Uh, voodoo and, and Santeria both yeah. came out of Africa. Uh, both involve um, ceremonial magical elements, and uh, uh, and that must have come from somewhere. So, is how much of Santeria is influenced by Catholicism? A lot. Uh, Santeria is Catholicism mixed with African religion in Spanish countries, and voodoo is Catholicism mixed with African religion in French countries. Uh, you also have shamanism, shamanism, yeah. however you prefer, yeah, which within Siberia and yeah, South America. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. And again, like, you know, now when you start to look at those things, I, I feel like our... our Definition of we we keep fighting as to what is the, what is the limit of our definition of ceremonial magic like how how wide can we go and still include stuff in it I, I don't think it can be all ritual but I do think it could be a lot of personal ritual that is intended to produce a change in the self or a change in the environment Does there have to be a theatrical element for it to be ceremonial I think that the only way to have a ceremony is to have some theater right like you don't get to have I mean, think about... If you're just lighting incense and thinking happy thoughts, that's not ceremonial magic. It's ritual. It's ritual, but it's not not ceremonial ceremonial. magic. I think you do have to work yourself up into some... I I don't want to say... I'll I'll say... That's a pretty loaded phrase. You have to have have at least a little bit of a trance state going on. It doesn't have to be heavy. It can be very light. Like, you know... um, So, are you reaching a a fevered state? When when you're, for instance, working through... um, Modern Magic, which I brought my copy of. So oh, it's been so long since I've seen that gloriously ridiculous cover. Where is it? Oh, <laughs> it's holding up our microphone, so we don't get to look at it. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, when you're working through, for instance, sorry, uh, Modern Magic, and you're doing, like, the lesser bandage and you're told the pentagram every day, you might not be able to work yourself up into a completely altered state or a, or a complete trance state every morning of the week for, for that period of time, right? Like, it's not... It's not, you know, there, there might be some people who, who find it easy to do, but I think most people have to struggle with that sort of thing. Like, yeah. it's not, uh, it's I think not if you, instant or easy. Yeah. So I wonder who are the sane ones, the ones that hesitate the in working themselves? Because uh, I, I found a lot of hesitancy. Like, am I the sane one because I was hesitant to work myself up into that state? Or well, the people that can jump straight into I'll it? I'll tell you what, I know that I'm the sane one. So, whatever the rest of you are, if you're not like me, <laughs> you're out of luck. <laughs> I just know I felt like a complete idiot the first several weeks that I was oh, doing LBRP. I, mean, I still, you know, I mean, it, it's still sometimes, if you can't enter into that trance state quickly enough, by the time you start, like, chanting things, you know, if you don't have that, like, sit-down time ahead of time, you compose yourself and prepare your mind, if you just, like, get up and start doing the LBRP, you feel like a complete you idiot. You feel like idiot i mean there is no doubt about it especially if you're chanting and yeah you know like this weird mix of hebrew and english that you know tracing weird signs in the air and and that's not even the worst of them <laughs> especially when you know deep down that the person that wrote most of this stuff was just a confused englishman oh yeah really... yeah yeah i mean you know i mean we're, we're talking about like the golden dawn style of neither seems just yeah, even if even if he did find some German document, even if those were real, uh, so much of what we have in ceremonial magic is completely invented. 
But I, I always come back to, I used to always get hung up on, you know, if, what if I say, if I pronounce this word the wrong way or if I tone this the wrong way? And I always come back to what... And anybody who studies the Golden Dawn should worry about this because all the Hebrew pronunciations are, are so horrible wrong. <laughs> but I fall back on what my good friend and brother Kevin Maine always says, like, what's your intent? It all falls back to intent. I, but now you're just sounding like a chaos magician. What's the difference? You know what? I think this is a good place to end because I think at our next our next podcast chaos we're going to talk about chaos magic. And chaos, ma- yeah, chaos magic is how I started my first brewery. So let's make that the title of the next podcast. Uh, so my first brewery, chaos magic, and how I found peace and happiness in the Midwest. <laughs> said no one ever. Said no one ever. All right. All right. So cheers. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Happy birthday um, to brother Eric. Oh, thank you very much. And uh, good uh, invoking or meditating or trancing or whatever the hell you're doing out there, folks. Have have a great evening. Peace to you. Bye.